0: all right hello everybody this is the d stark and cope chicago sports show welcome to our post draft extravaganza episode Uh, i am d stark Uh, i guess that's dan stark my co-host is noah cope and uh we're gonna dive right in into the aftermath of the draft um this draft fell pretty perfectly uh, really couldn't have gone first eight picks couldn't have gone any better. Uh, we're watching it. We're thinking, Oh my God, he's still there at eight. Ah, the Eagles are going to trade up, uh, get ahead of us and grab Jalen Carter. Um, the irony, some... the irony, the irony. Yeah. So I, I mean, and maybe I, maybe I went a little too fast here. So, you know, Bryce Young kind of goes as planned. CJ Stroud, which, Everyone kind of knew it like two weeks before the draft that he was going to be the number two pick. Then suddenly it was thrown into doubt. They're not going to take a quarterback, all this stuff they did. Then the Texans surprised everybody move up to number three, take Will Anderson. So far, the draft is more or less chalk, I would say. Uh, the Colts then take Richardson, which was a minor surprise, but people thought they were going to take a quarterback. Yeah, it was Levis uh, then- or
1: Richardson. So we started, that sort of fell in line with how we thought.
0: Correct. And then uh, at five, the Seahawks take Witherspoon And five was the first place that we thought uh, Jalen Carter might realistically go.
1: Or Tyree Wilson, because that was sort of the thought before, right, is can we get one of those two guys? It seemed like Anderson was sort of off the table. But the closer we got to the draft, it was, you know, is is Wilson or is Carter going to be there? And once Witherspoon went at five, that's when I started to get a little bit excited that of the possibility that one of these guys is going to be available for the Bears.
0: Yes. And then uh, Paris Johnson Jr., who was my favorite of the offensive line targets, went in a surprise, went six to the Cardinals who traded back up uh, after having traded down with the Texans in the Will Anderson deal. So I was excited because now we're at, we're three picks away in both Wilson and more importantly, Carter are still on the board. Yeah. Uh, then Wilson does go uh, seven to the Raiders. And then, as I said, at eight, we are both like, oh my God, this is actually going to happen. This is going to well, happen?
1: I, I started just to let the, you know, the listeners in on our text, Jane. I started texting you saying, God damn it, the Eagles are going to fuck us. They're going to trade up. They're going to go. They're going to get uh, Carter at eight. The Atlanta is going to move back. If they want Robinson, they can get him at 10. That doesn't happen, right? Atlanta takes Bijan. And then this is where I was talking about the irony. The Eagles trade up, but they trade up with us.
0: Yeah. Um, and this, I mean, on draft night, I was fury. Like, I i was a ball of rage. Um, and I i really it made me realize I love the draft, but I don't know why, because it almost always lets me down. Um, Either the, either it's like the Aaron Donald situation where I'm just dying for this guy to fall to them. And then the giants who were kind of the last team that was, might take him pass on him. And everyone's like, oh, the Rams defensive line is stacked. He's going to fall. And then all of a sudden they don't get him. So this was like Aaron Donald part two except for it was self-inflicted like there was no reason why he's
1: staying there yeah he's
0: he's on the board ready he's on the board and look we are like-minded but there's a lot of people who thought that they should pass on him a lot of people that were happy that's
1: that's the thing right is that for those uh listeners who listened to our last pod we said our number one dream scenario was that carter falls to nine and he's there for the bears to pick up so once that happens and the Bears decide to trade back, obviously we're going to be super pissed, even though ironically our number two thing was that they trade back and take a tackle. We just didn't picture it happening this way. But a lot of both of our, um, let's say, anger from that situation was the fact that that was our number one dream scenario and finally came to fruition. And this guy that we thought was his generational talent was on the board at nine where it no longer felt like this, you know, this huge gamble, right? Uh, if you had to trade up to get the guy to move, you know, to where Seattle was and use any sort of major capital, then you could start to say, all right, it doesn't you make a ton of sense to go and get that guy. But once he's there for you at nine, it seems like no one's going to get mad at you for, for wanting to, t- you know, take a roll of the dice on that guy. When no matter who you're going to take, it's the draft. No, there's no sure pro- like fire prospects in the draft.
0: Yes. And that was, especially look in not a right, a college, right tackle. Um, I think that was the other part that in the moment I really struggled with. And also there was a, they got a, they got a fourth rounder for next year. I'm like, so they got no present day value for doing this. And look in, when I'm not as angry about the whole thing, Honestly, he did pretty well to get anything out of them because they could have called his bluff, and and just the the Bears would have just taken yep. taken right. Um, so, you know, that was our that was our number two trade down. Like you said, that was our number two trade down and take w- whatever tackle is still there. And the other thing was, if you look at the way the draft fell, once you know that they had decided they were taking a tackle, which again I do not agree with with Carter still on the board. But once they decided they were gonna take a tackle, the last one was gone at 14. Right. So they couldn't really trade, they no couldn't, they already, could, there right. was only a few teams they could trade back with. And in fact, uh, I can't even remember uh, whoever, well at 12, like Pittsburgh you know, the, traded up, right? To right, get exactly what I'm saying. One. So whoever, I forget who had- Pittsburgh oh, they and
1: New England. Was. New England, right.
0: So New England wasn't interested in trading up to number, to number nine, they, they ended up trading back, uh, yeah. Detroit at 12 had already traded, had already, uh, traded back right? or what well, they traded back with their other pick. Was that their, well, whatever, I don't know. But so there wasn't like, there's only so many people you could trade back with. And ironically, I wonder if the Paris Johnson thing, which I thought in the moment was a boon, if that might've screwed them a little bit, because yeah. now there's only three tackles to choose from, and maybe Wright was always their top guy. But also, when there's only three of those guys still on the board, you can, it limits how far back they probably felt comfortable trading as well. Whereas if Johnson, if they like Wright and Johnson still on the board, maybe they do feel like they can go back to like fifteen.
1: Right. So let's like let's just sort of talk through. In the moment, my thoughts are like. You had all free agency to go out, right? If your thought is we need to get a tackle so that he can play, and we can assess sort of what Justin Fields is going to be for this year, I that makes sense, right? No one's going to argue with with the rationale, right? If they think they have Jenkins at at guard, they sign Davis, they like Braxton Jones at, at the left side, no one's going to argue with the fact that the glaring need on that line was the right tackle. So, going out and getting a right tackle to see what Fields can do. Makes a ton of sense, but the question mark is, why not set overpay for you know, um, why not overpay for Orlando Brown or Mike McGlinchey in free agency to free yourself up? You're, you're gonna have to gamble on one of these guys regardless. You kind of know what one of those free agents is, so you get the sure thing in free agency and it frees you up. Then and listen, obviously it's impossible to know that the best player in the draft is gonna have these issues and potentially be there at nine. But what you do know is that if your number one priority is, is helping Fields out, you needed a right tackle to do that. Yeah. So I, my, my anger with the situation is is that they, they didn't go out and address it earlier and, and sort of free themselves up to, to have the optionality. And-
0: why, why do they have to do things the way they do? Like it came to you, it's a, it like fell into your lap and you fumble it away. And look, Jalen Carter it's not a guarantee, but if you look at like how well, especially the last few years, how well like, the 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 top the uh, interior def- defensive lineman has done, like how many how often those picks pan out, it's a, been a pretty solid hit rate yeah. uh, for the last several last several drafts. Um, and- so as
1: we sort of got removed from this, I sort of started to calm down from from the the, the decision. And I assume it, it's been sort of the same for you?
0: Yeah, it has. Because I think the reality is, Noah, I I think that they, it sounds like they might have just flat out pulled Carter off their board. Right. And so that's so that the even thing. if, even if they had filled that tackle hole, that they might have, they might have still passed on him. And then we would probably have been <laughs> five times this. But, but if they had done that, maybe they would have felt a little more flexibility to trade down. Get more of a, get more picks or, or whatever by training down further, because now they don't feel like they' they're tied to a, a certain position group. Uh, but yes, I definitely calm down. But when I look at the whole draft, look, if you just if Carter wasn't on the board, right? if I didn't know, let's just say they started at 10, that they were drafting 10, ah, Carter went nine, shit. And then I looked at kind of like the totality of what they did, I would probably give them pretty high marks for the draft. Right, because they 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 got two interior defensive linemen, which they definitely need. Maybe one of them can kick outside. Even uh, Gervon Dexter, is it yeah, Gervon or Gervon? I think it's Gervon. Gervon, but... yeah, Dexter. I mean, he's he's a big dude, like he's long. Uh, but anyway, so they they would have gotten they, they would have you know got addressed the line, picked up a nice receiver, uh, late another corner, another running back, uh, like all of these things out of in. Especially in the late rounds, getting guys that people thought would go much higher uh, than their draft position,
1: right. So that's the thing about the the Carter move is how and maybe you disagree. if they met with the guy, they had him in for a couple top thirty meetings, I'm pretty sure, they spent time with the guy. If they said, because it's obviously not his tape, anyone who watches his tape knows that you can't not take him because of that, right? It's between Wright and Carter. You're just looking at tape. It's Carter 10 times out of 10. Yeah. But if they just said, we just don't feel comfortable with the character and we get too many red flags. He's off of our board. Can you still ding them for that?
0: Yes. Because I think that's, I think at some point you have to take a chance on talent and I don't think, look, I could be wrong. It could be that he flames out because of all these things. But I think you have to take a chance at talent, especially when you are in the position, they need superstars. Like they need stars. They don't need, I mean, they need solid contributors too, but like, you're only going to be picking it high in the draft. So many times, like this, this was a, a potential. I don't think anyone's arguing that Darnell, right. Has the potential to be a superstar offensive lineman. Like he's a good, right. Tackle, right. That's a, Semi valuable thing to have, very valuable thing to have. Well, not as valuable as a good left tackle, but yeah, it's 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 starting to be sort of the same. You're starting to have guys move to both sides. start right. That's true. It is. It's gotten. It's become less of a distinction between right tackles and left tackles. However, Uh, I just but but (laughs) Carter has a Carter has a much much higher likelihood to be a superstar, and we've seen in recent years how valuable a disruptive force in the middle of your defensive line can be. But if
1: they say, listen, his coaches, you know, weren't exactly singing his praise. They're saying that this guy is not a self-starter. He's sort of coming into practice and, and you could tell that he doesn't, you know, love football. He's not super engaged every single day. Wait, wait with the are, those,
0: are those on the record quotes or is this what people are now claiming?
1: This is, listen, this is what reputable people are are saying, right? If McShay's, like, the the reputable sort of draft people, this is just what I'm taking from them. And I don't think they're going to say it unless, unless it's coming from some sort of reputable place.
0: But what I'm saying is, did they hear that? Did they say they heard that from his college coaches? Or they heard pro coaches saying that his college coaches said that?
1: I think the former.
0: Okay, because if it's the latter, that's all just that to me. That's all just smokescreen bullshit. Like sure, regardless,
1: the, the part that sort of made me calm down a little bit is I I, I disagree with you. Where right? I don't know how if they say, you know, we we want to take the guy based on talent, but we just don't feel comfortable with with what he's going to turn out to be in terms of all the character stuff. It's hard for me to 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 if they say rights are are right tackle the future. We want to invest in fields, want to pivot into this direction, it's hard for me to blame
0: them to do that. Um yeah, I just disagree. I think maybe part of this is I've seen too many of these guys fall on draft day because of character questions. Uh, and then they end up being super. Yeah, but the memorable it's ones just, are the
1: ones that pan out, right? True, but but no who, one no one remembers the guys that had the character issues. But that, who? But who? Who oh, are the, who, Robert Kim right? That was a guy who I think the Cardinals draft in the first round. He had some issues at Ole Miss. I think he fell out of a window potentially.
0: And yeah, but he also like got injured. Like there was more to it. And he wasn't as highly regarded as the draft got closer and closer. Like Carter's fall was all within the last, I don't know, two months. Uh from what I remember, Camdiche's was further back than that. Like during the season, in the early season, they were saying maybe it was the number one prospect overall, but that had already changed by the time we had crowned a national champion.
1: Right. But the second point of that was the idea that we, and we both sort of talked about this in, and I think part two and one, was the most important aspect of 2023 is seeing what, what Justin Fields is. As as great as this to have a star defensive tackle, if, as, as awesome would it be to have Carter, you know, turn into, blossom into this superstar defensive tackle, none of it matters if we don't know, if Fields is getting sacked, you know, 50 times again, we don't know what he is. We're going to be in the same sort of position as Bears fans that we've been in for your whole life, and it's a hell of a lot longer than my life so far. So... We're gonna have the awesome defense. We're gonna have the superstars on that side. We're not gonna know what Fields could have been. So if they sort of decided that we want to pivot into that direction, of they got DJ Moore to help them out, they traded a high draft pick for Claypool. They're spending draft capital, their their, their earliest draft capital on getting him a, a what seems like a plug-and-play right tackle, all to find out 2023 is the year for Justin Fields. Is he gonna make? Is he gonna break? And we have this this all this draft capital in 20 in the 2024 draft if he doesn't let's let's find out let's take let's take all the the stuff with Connor off the board and let's find out what fields can be
0: yeah well I think I guess for me Noah then that that is you're making the assumption that if they don't take a tackle with their first pick that they can't find a starting quality right tackle with some of their later picks which I disagree with and i disagree with it largely because of you and your boy DeWan smith right because is but it that it seems guy... like they decided to go the opposite route right so that, so that, i mean, and that's what I, I really was looking at that it's like all right so what would what could they have done with 953 uh, 61 and 64 so they could have done Jalen Carter at nine. They could have done DeWan Smith at fifty-three. That would have been like he ended up going like way earlier than he had, ended up going. Yeah, but I mean, but people had like if you look at his rankings, people had them in had him For in sure. that range. Sure, sure, sure. Now, at that point, you're taking two guys with character questions. Apparently, um, so maybe it's a it's a risky draft strategy. But I don't think that um, I don't see a whole lot of evidence that makes me think for sure that uh Darnell Wright is more of a sure thing than Dewan Smith.
1: I mean, can I interest you in I think No sacks given up over 9 in, in about 900 sacks this year, the lowest pressure rate in college in college football or in power 5 college football at 1.1%. can
0: the, the I interest field... you in can I interest you in the thing you told me about last Yeah, week? yeah, listen, I
1: got I got it for sure, but he so, moves a little then, bit better than, than Smith does. His physical tools are better than Smith's are. And he has the same sort of those same sort of awesome numbers that, that Smith
0: did. Yes. And then the other thing, though, that taking that taking Jalen Card does is you don't feel compelled to spend two of your next three picks, uh essentially like two well, I mean, essentially two top 64 picks, which are like two second round picks, um, on two different defensive tackles. Instead, you can pivot and take kind of whatever you want instead of taking uh, the next Ego Ferguson and Will Sutton. And this is, it is so much like that to me. Like I can't help but think that year that they did not get Donald because he went 13 instead of to them at 14 and they took uh, Fuller. um, Then their next two picks, right? Or two of their, I think it was maybe even the same thing. Two of their next three, were defensive linemen cho- or defensive tackles chosen around this time in Ego Ferguson and Will Sutton. And neither of them panned out uh, in even the slightest way. Uh, and I'm not you know, looking at some of these composite rankings for these two guys, uh, Gervon Dexter and Zach Pickens. Um, I'm not convinced that either of them are going to work out either. Although you know, it kind of seems like they didn't really flash good tape, but they have a lot of athletic potential. I know there's been a lot on Twitter and elsewhere about how sought after all these guys were as high school recruits. Well, that's um, the other thing
1: that's super puzzling to me is you've got these guys who were super sought after as high school recruits, who the knock on them is that they are taking you know plays off or whatever you want to say. They they flash on tape, but they're they lacking the consistency you're telling me that you're not going to take Carter because you're worried about the character concerns there and getting the most out of him as a football player, but then you're going to go ahead and take these two guys where their concern is is consistency and putting it all together. Why am I supposed to feel good about you being able to do that when you just told me in round one that you don't feel comfortable doing it with a guy who's way better than those two?
0: Right. Yeah, and then it it allows you, if you take Dewan Smith with your next pick, you could do something like uh, Jalen Hyatt, who I really liked coming out. Although I will say I like Jalen Hyatt, Hyatt a lot uh coming out of the draft. But because I haven't done shit for uh actual research, um when I looked at it, I like Tyler Scott as much as I like Jalen Hyatt.
1: I was off on any on any Tennessee wide receiver this year. Sorry. Couldn't do it again. I just bad flashbacks. Okay. <laughs> was it wasn't gonna relive that one. But I agree that I, I was also – listen, the guy scored five touchdowns in a game against Alabama. Not too many. I mean, it's college, obviously, whatever. At 200 yeah. yards. In that, like, Jalen Hyatt's an awesome tip. But the more I found out about Tyler Scott, I agree. Uh, it's not like I I'm, I was dying to have one over the other.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then the other guy that I did like was the kid from Northwestern. Although it seems like most teams want to stick him inside, I would try to leave him outside even though I know he's, like, short.
1: Uh you're talking
0: about the defensive line. Yeah, to Yeah. Sorry. AA. Hey, hey. I'm sure I just hacked up your name. Uh and you know and again, look. I think that if I like you said, if it hadn't been our dream scenario that for him to fall, like if I were to look at their draft and be like, "All right, um I definitely like what they did better on day 3. Uh, than on days one and two so I kind of want we talked a lot about this and or kind of through it the the moves that I really didn't like outside of um, passing on Carter I think that both of the the Dexter and Pickens were overdrafts if I'm looking at I made some composite rankings using uh, PFF ESPN uh, the athletic uh, the Ringer and CBS Sports and Dexter they took it 53. His composite ranking across those uh, those five sources was 79. And Pickens who they took at 64 was 83. Uh, now Dexter's range is from 55 to 117. Pickens' range is from 65 to 110. Um. I wasn't really a huge fan of that. The other thing was, I already was like, well, I guess you know they were good. All those tackles were gone. I would have taken um, the uh, Broderick Jones, right, the Georgia Georgia kid. uh, Yeah, Yeah. I liked him more than Darnell Wright was my would have been behind Skaronski too. Um, But again, I don't look. I'm using other sources, essentially. This I, I want to trust uh, uh, Paul's ability to you know, know understand talent in the line. But this another thing this made me realize is uh, maybe this guy isn't some wizard with uh, scouting out offensive line talent, and maybe the Braxton Jones thing was somewhat dumb luck, or else he wouldn't have felt compelled – to have to take a tackle with their first pick, first pick yeah. because he just unearthed one the year before. Right. Um, and I think that my my critique on polls is that I feel like at times he's been impatient. He talks about being patient and you know, this process of rebuilding, but the Claypool move was an impatient move. Uh, and so was for me trading up getting rid of the top pick in the fifth round to trade up five slots to take Tyreek Stevenson, who uh, at 56. Now some people, uh, ESPN and PFF both had them in their top 45. Uh, ESPN I did 45. like that. He
1: was able to sort of re. I mean, pretty quickly recoup whatever capital he had to use to yeah, move up I, in that.
0: I, I agree, but he could have done the same thing and then had all the picks. And, you know, if they had that if they had that Chase Claypool pick, uh, they could have gotten uh, Joey Porter Jr. I
1: also think you're sort of playing the outcome on the Claypool thing because people were part of people were praising him as as part of the reason that was a good deal is because he, he pulled a fast trigger and got ahead of of what was allegedly who, who, and is. Who are these people? Who? One of the reasons people talked about wanting to make that move was because the, of the upcoming free agency class. It wasn't a mystery of the guys who were going to be free agents, and, and oh, they yeah. wanted to get yeah, ahead but, of them.
0: But not their, not their second rounder, like we talked about last week, or whatever week that was. Trade the other second rounder, and if that's not enough, then you pass. I just think you're we're, we're playing the the outcome a little bit on that. No, I said that
1: at the time. Right, but it <laughs> the move. Part of the reason people say he used the other second rounder, right? You can't, it would you, the impatience thing, it holds up regardless of use one first round or another.
0: Yes. Yeah. That, I'm just saying that there have been times where I've looked at what he's done and thought he was impatient. The Claypool trade was that. And then I hate the idea of trading up late in the second round. It's like most teams have already passed on this guy twice. Like why all of a sudden are you like so worried? He's not going to get to you. You can't just let the draft come to you. Right. That's
1: fair. The other thing I was starting to think about, and I don't know if you lend any sort of credence to this argument, is for all the people, and I just talked about, you know, you want to get the most out of fields for 2023. Do you if you take uh Carter and you have an awesome defense, the guys not playing from behind all game long? Do you put any sort of stock into like the defense still sucks this year? They had to, you know, use their two of their their top whatever sixty five picks on defensive tackles. Yeah. Do you put any stock into the idea that like they sh- they go and take Carter an- at nine because now they're going to be playing from behind all fucking game one and Fields isn't going to be in these obvious passing situations.
0: Uh, w- wait. So what's the argument that it's bad because their defense is going to be better, so they're going to run more?
1: The argument now is that people are making the argument, that the taking right, it's all about Fields' development, right? You want to get the guy in as good a situation. Yeah.
0: So you want to get game, him in shootouts.
1: It, no, but if no, no, it's the opposite. The defense is terrible, and they're always playing from behind. He's going to be in all these obvious passing situations, and that's going to be
0: terrible for his development. Oh, okay. I thought you were saying the other way. That like, no, no, no. No, no I, that's kind of stupid in my eyes. I – they're going to they're going to do what's effective uh and for this team running the ball is effective and we saw it last year that they're going to continue to run the ball even in passing situations they're not going to care that they're down by three scores with eight minutes left in the game right because again especially if look i think i think this team has the certainly the potential to be In a in a wild card race, at the very least, it's not like the division's that good anyway. Uh, It kind of all depends on Detroit, who like the Bears had a pretty questionable first couple of days, Um, but then I thought had a pretty strong uh, back end of their draft as well.
1: It is always nice to be able to look at Detroit as the one team that, when when we're down on ourselves as Bear fans, we look to them and say,
0: "It's (laughs) probably worse over there." Yes. Uh, All right. So that I, so that, those are things I didn't like. I didn't like neither. We both hated the, uh, the passing on Carter. Um, I right would not have been the guy that I took if I was going to take a tackle at 10. Uh, I don't really like either defensive tackles. And I, but my other than passing on Carter trading up in that second round, just infuriated me. I just, I hate that move, especially when there's so many players away still from being a team that like that uh, having another pick in the fifth round would have been nice. And like I said, I like that he got it back, but I would have liked if he had just done that trade back without feeling like he need just to do it, to get another pick, not to recoup a lost pick.
1: I I'm not with you on that for me, if they are identifying a talent that they, they like, I'm, I'm sort of, I applaud people where who say, this is our guy. Let's go out and let's get him. Even if it is in the second round, This is a guy that they had a a high grade on and it's worth, especially if they they have all these picks, right? I wonder if in the back of his mind, he said, I can recoup this value. Let me get the guy that I want here and I'll get it back in the back end. I've got no problem with him.
0: But then, then take him at 53. Like there's it's, and, and then you let Dexter, see if Dexter gets to you at 61. It's like, you can't be so married to these guys who aren't in the top even 50 I like it was, you know the David Monk. It's it just it reminds me too much of what Pace did. And like I said, it was good that he 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 t- traded back twice, and I applaud him for that. That those are two of my favorite moves. I just think that trading up in the late second round is bizarre and a waste of resources.
1: All right, so we we disagree on that, but what we do agree on is that we can sort of get into day three a little more. I love yeah. day three compared to day two. To me, it was, it was night and day with the moves they made. It seemed like yes, I, it a ton of value and you can sort of go through the the composite, the, the rankings that, that you put down. But it, the the constant theme of day three is it seemed like they got a ton of value for, from where they were picking and the guys they picked.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you know, uh, is it Rashawn? Roshan? Roshan? Yeah. I don't Yeah, Roshan or Roshan? Roshan Johnson. Roshan. Yeah, Roshan Johnson. If you're like I, he, you know, he didn't even start in college. Quite honestly, that's a good good thing. thing. That's a good thing. He's got no mileage. He's like, and maybe he can't handle uh, being the bell cow. But like, no one runs the Not no one, but very few guys are, and they have good. I I love their running back room. Is is I think really impressive. Now I like them coming in. Um, now it gives you. It gives you some better long term because you know what Herbert's got this year and next before he's a free agent. Yeah, Foreman's a
1: one year deal. Homer's Foreman's a
0: one year deal. Uh, now hopefully, and you know Herbert last year was his first year of kind of like getting the majority of the carries and it didn't hold up. So yeah. the one the one knock I do
1: have on that pick is I would have listen. It seemed like the value was just too good for them to pass up at, at one fifteen. But yeah. it would have been nice if they if they sort of decided to go with with someone who could be a bit of a change of pace, right? It seems like it's it's a Montgomery replacement and it's someone who's very redundant to Herbert. It's going to break a lot of tackles. I think he led the country last year in in forcing missed tackles. It's not a bad thing, obviously, but I would have liked if they found someone who with sort of the the the, the four four speed that's going to break the home runs and wasn't at you know super redundant. to to what they already had that'd be my one knock
0: on on the pick okay yeah and i guess i that's fair i mean you could argue that maybe all three of them are kind of so i I think foreman's probably the most bruising um what i thought physically that uh johnson doesn't look as big as he measures Yeah, he sort of plays
1: a little lower to the ground. Listen, he honestly gave me a lot of, he he reminded me a lot about Gum.
0: Oh, interesting. He seems like he seems a lot lighter, or like he looked in pads like lighter, I thought, than he actually was. Um, But yeah, he, so he was as high as 75, and the lowest was 101. And so the composite of like, he was like the 86th best player by composite. I mean, they got him at 115, like basically a full round later. Well, the question than- with
1: that is how, you know, when we're talking about running backs and you're trying to find the value of a running back, right? Like, even though a lot of people might've had whoever it was, Gibbs, as their, you know, maybe 15th ranked player on their board, a lot of people questioned, and obviously there was other reasons I went behind people question Detroit for making that pick. But a lot of, there's a lot that goes into questioning the decision to take a running back. And it seems like you're sort of at the head of that. Maybe the fourth round, it doesn't matter, but in terms of the actual value, I'm not going to give them a ton of credit for, for getting, a I, see running what, I back. get what you're
0: saying. Yeah. I get what you're saying. The, the, like, I think that that argument starts to fall apart. Like you said, is you, especially when you get into day three but uh, it'd be interesting to look at like where the composite wise these other day three running backs were and where they also you know almost a full round later i don't know uh so we both liked that pick though uh the next one was tyler scott which we did talk about a little bit already at 133 um his composite was 71 Uh, So now we're talking two full rounds. Uh, He was as high, basically CBS and The Athletic both had him as a solid second round pick, 48th and 51st uh, in reverse order for some reason. Uh, The way I read them, uh, the lowest one was ESPN who had him at 95. Um, So this is like a clear top 100 guy. Uh, Maybe didn't run as fast as maybe they thought he was going to because i heard them say like I, I saw a video where like he's got four three speed uh and then i think he got i think he timed out at uh four four yeah. four, four, four um which is still very good is, that's
1: he's running away from everyone on tape i don't really care what the forty says exact,
0: yeah i know he's running away from everyone on tape he do, he put up very impressive numbers without a lot of uh reps as a receiver he went into college a back, yeah. as a running back. Um, this guy looks good. Um I, I, like I said, I didn't know anything about him because I didn't I hadn't done a ton of homework uh, on the draft. Um, this was probably my favorite pick that they made.
1: yeah. and I do think it's just as you know non-draft experts, it's a lot easier for us to sort of get into and sort of analyze the position and skill players of this. But I, I absolutely agree that. And I like this for so a lot of the reasons I was, I was sort of knocking the Roshan pick is he seems like he's going to add a, a different dimension to the Bears' offense that isn't super redundant. And I know that people, the copy he's getting is Mooney, which is why this point might be a little ironic. But Mooney and Moore both seem to do their damage in sort of the intermediate parts of the field. This guy seems like someone who's going to totally open up the field for them. Um, the hands were the only question mark. He's not 25, which I definitely like. And Fields <laughs> throws an unbelievable deep ball, and it seems like he's going to sort of play in, into to being that, that deep threat to stretch the field a little bit and open up Claypool, Mooney, and and more. So I really like the, the element that he brings to the offense and that he isn't super redundant to what the, what the other guys do.
0: Yeah, and so I'm not as online as Noah is because I'm an old man and he is a young man. Um, but I, I immediately landed on this Darnell Mooney thing, which was already making its way around the internet, I think. But I uh, Scott is 5'9 and 5'8, 177. Mooney measured at 5'10, 176. Uh, their arm length, both of them, are 30 and 7'8 inches long. Mooney does have bigger hands. Uh, Mooney timed at four three eight. Uh, as I said, Scott was at 444. 4, 4. Scott has a better vertical 39 and a half to 37 inches and a better broad jump, 133, which is incredibly elite uh, versus 124 uh, for Mooney. I mean, on paper, <laughs> this is pretty similar. And you're right. Um, I, I think that I think Mooney, uh, it was a shame he got hurt kind of when he did right because that was when really Fields was starting to ascend right uh so i i do think that mooney has that ability to take the top off the defense this guy does too uh for me the the one knock that i mentioned to you uh was i would have liked another big body um at receiver but and uh the a.t perry was the name that that I discovered that I started really liking uh, it. 10 minutes before the pick. (laughs) Right. As I I tend to do. Uh, But I can't complain about this, especially knowing, but like right now, you know, none of their receivers, except for Claypool, at least none of the guys expected to contribute are over six foot. You know, more is six foot on the dot. You got the, now these two little guys, I don't even know how tall Jones is, but he's also below six foot, I think. Right.
1: Yeah. And, and it it just puts it seems like it puts sort of everyone into their place on him, right? And I listen. He's a rookie. You don't have any idea how quickly the guy can contribute, but over the course of the season, you'd imagine that the Pettis's and the EQ St. Browns, it sort of it slots them where they should be, which is guys who shouldn't really see the field
0: unless it's it's a rare occasion, right? Yeah, but I mean, especially Pettis. Like, are they really? Is he really going to make the team again? Like, I. I special I team. yeah i don't know uh but yes i and i think the other thing that's probably that is in the back of their minds is you know maybe they have some durability questions with them too based on uh kind of his season as the is the number one uh how that went so that you know mooney is a free agent after this year correct mooney and claypool claypool right so uh, this potentially sets them up with a replacement there too. So they're kind of like with, um, with Rashawn uh, Johnson, but uh, maybe they're backfilling or looking down the road at where they they might have some gaps. So that's a good thing. Uh, next pick was Noah Sewell. Uh, this is my favorite because I am not watching the draft. All I'm doing is looking at like what, I'm watching DraftCast on my phone, like watching the pics pop in, but not the video or anything else. Uh What did I text you about Sewell like an hour later?
1: Yeah, he texted me, did you know that Noah Sewell is Pene Sewell's brother? <laughs> which to which I, I replied, aha. Because the only thing that I knew about <laughs> Noah Sewell is that he was Pinay Sewell's brother. And that's- and- the thing that obviously was thrown around about the guy, the entire draft process.
0: Yeah, which uh, and it's funny because none of the little blurbs that I read on any of the sites said that. And then I was like, wait a minute, he goes to Oregon too. And I'm like, this. Is, I wonder if he's been Axel's brother. So then I Googled it, and I found out. Why was, is that
1: funny? You text me. Why is that funny?
0: Yeah. <laughs> now I understand why it's funny. Uh, but All right. So the other I, text you said me is that you didn't like the pick. Yeah, that wasn't my favorite pick. They just didn't. I mean, I guess maybe I, uh, maybe this is some competition for Sanborn. And I don't even know what was the nature of Sanborn's injuries. He definitely going to be healthy by training camp. Let's look it up.
1: But I think he had a, um,
0: I think it was an ACL, right? Yeah. So maybe, maybe this makes a little more sense, but he was an inside linebacker. I don't know if that means, though. Uh I assume that like a college inside linebacker probably is a decent fit for the Sam position, which I mean that's what Sam ankle injury. All right, linebacker. so
1: never mind. There's a chance that Sam Born is, is fine. Sorry, go ahead.
0: I think no. So I just think that um, you know, maybe this is a, a little bit of a hedge on uh on Sam Born. Um or some some depth. Uh not the worst like I just it also
1: fits you know, into sort of the yeah,
0: we're right.
1: The totality of what they've been doing—it's another five-star guy who was super heavily recruited out of high school. Who they're just betting in the you know fifth round at pick 148 that uh, maybe you know the all the traits that that got him that ranking in high school they could they can sort of find a way to to put together.
0: Yeah, and then uh, the last guy. Oh, so uh, Sewell. Um is on the list, Athletic and Ringer only go down to 100. Uh, The other ones go much deeper. Um, The list that Sewell was on, he was basically right in the reins they picked him. I mean, so I'm sure it's it's fine. Like you said, like, it's hard to get too riled up about any of the stuff down here. Um, I did like the next pick, uh, Terrell Smith, um, mostly because ESPN had him at 96 uh, and they got him at 165. Uh, CBS had him at 104, um, and then but PFF had him at 318, which is uh, that means he's solidly 10th round material. Uh, but I thought that was a decent pick as well. And then I kind of read the the little bit about him. Maybe he uh, moves over to safety. Um, at the very least, this is a guy who should make the team. And I know that sounds like oh well, your fifth rounder should make the team, but that's not always the case. And I'm this definitely guy definitely was- not a given. Uh, and I, I would be just reading the things that I read. Uh, I would be surprised if any of these top eight picks that we've gone through, uh, didn't make the team. And I suspect too, that maybe Travis Bell, uh, will make the team as well. Um, hard to find stuff on their last two picks, Travis Bell and Kendall Williamson.
1: Um, well, let's.
0: I think it sort of makes
1: sense to then pivot into like the totality of, of the draft and sort of what they decided to do. They went seven defensive players, three offensive players, and not super surprising. But I, th- I think what they decided to target, right? Going in, we said we wanted a line, we wanted defensive backs, we wanted defensive line. We wanted a wide receiver and a running back. They hit every single one of those marks. One we, they missed obviously is the defensive end. We can get into that a little bit later. But I sort of liked let's go heavy defense. We spent a lot of capital with the Moore, with with the Claypool, yeah. our first round pick offense. The rest of it, let's go heavy defense and sort of make up for how much capital we are we've already spent on offense. So to me, it made a lot of sense in terms of just the totality of what they decided to do.
0: Yeah, I mean you're right. We when we talked last week, uh, they they basically filled all the holes except for defensive end. Um, I think that not again, I didn't like some of the moves that they made, but my whole overall look is tinged by, for me, the blunder of not taking Carter when he was sitting there.
1: Right. It tinged the whole thing.
0: Yes. That if, if he had just been gone when they picked my grade, if I were assigning one and look, it seems like I don't think I've seen anyone give them lower than like a B And I know that look these post-draft grades, like no one even gets a C minus. It seems like. I think, I don't know. Do
1: you know about the, the story of the Seattle 2012 draft? Cause I think it's, it's the reason why no one gets these low grades. And I'll stop oh, is me. That if the, is it. that
0: the Sherman? It's,
1: it's the um, Bruce Irvin, Russell Wilson, Bobby Wagner. Oh, sort of the okay. headliners of that draft. Bleacher Report gave them an F for that draft. I'm talking about two hall of favors in, in that draft. And so I have now everyone, draft after draft after draft, brings up the F that Seattle got in that draft. And it's it's true, right? Like how you're just projecting. How can you give anyone an F and fail that before you have any any idea what these guys are going to do? You can only really grade based on need. And obviously re- you know if if you're constantly reaching out players um and sort of how it aligns with you did what the what you did Earlier in the offseason, but it it's impossible for me to give you know below like a C. Everyone's gonna see. I disagree.
0: I mean, I I do think though the distribution should be. I can kind of agree with you there. I don't really actually because like give an F. Who cares? Like if you feel like the if you feel like the team reached with all of their picks, then they get an F. And what you know what? Maybe you're wrong, but who cares? But the other thing is, I do think that if you are gonna say, all right, we're really not gonna go lower than a C minus then you should probably at least try to get like, I don't know, the bottom 10 teams uh, in that C, the next 10 teams in the B. I don't know. Like it seems like there's a whole lot of A's, A minuses, B pluses that get thrown around uh, on these things. And that I can't agree with. But having said that, have you seen anyone that's lower than like a B plus?
1: No, I I think B. I think they maybe got a B, B from... I, but that's the lowest I think I've, I've seen them go. Um, I, well, I guess it's two questions that I'd want to ask you. Yeah. With – I think we should grade sort of if Jalen Carter was off the board and or maybe we as if we were someone who said, guy's got too many red flags, you can't take him. Yeah. Sort of grade out that way and then the grade with, with how we feel about Jalen Carter.
0: I would probably go B+. Plus. With out the Jalen Carter thing, and Jalen Carter on the board. Well, what would you? I want to hear what your your Jalen without or know yeah.
1: Jalen uh, Carter off the board. What would
0: you give him? Um, Jalen
1: Carter off the board. I'd go a minus. I sort of i I do really like the the common theme with this draft is that it's not a very good draft. Is sort of what I've heard over and over again. Yeah, I like the idea of. Let me. I sent you. This um, the list of sort of all the five-stars, four-stars, three-stars that that they picked up in this draft. And I sort of like that idea, right? So as I pull this up, you have Darnell Wright, who's a five-star, Gervon Dexter, who's a five-star, Tyreek Stevenson's a four-star, Zach Pickens is a five-star, Roshan is a four-star, Tyler Scott a three-star, Noah Sewell a five-star. So the philosophy they went with is, it's not a great overall draft. Let's just pick all these guys who had all these traits coming out of high school who haven't necessarily been able to put it all together, and let's hope that a few of them, when we coach them up, get them into our facilities, are are, are going to pop. You only need a couple of these guys to to pop to have a home run draft, right? If three yeah. of these guys sort of reach the what what was thought to be the potential in high school, all of a sudden you're this is a super super successful draft. So you take the Carter thing off the board and i i really do like the philosophy that they went with I'm, i'd probably give them a well,
0: minus. but what about like someone like uh dexter or pickens that they were that super high highly regarded guy but then they went and they didn't produce so right, well, what that's why that...
1: the car thing changes my entire my entire thinking
0: well but my i guess the point is like okay so four years ago before you saw them against top flight competition, people thought they were really good. So should that carry any weight or should it almost even be the opposite where it's like, well, if they were this highly recruited guy or highly regarded guys, they clearly have the athleticism. Why didn't they do more? Right,
1: but the thing that you're it I'd agree if they were just total nothings, right? The reason that they're still as high as they are is because you see the flashes in spurts. And so they're t- just taking a chance on, and sort of those flashes becoming more and more, you know, consistent, which I don't have a problem yeah. if, if, if it's there at, at some point. Right. Then I think another theme that I sort of heard throughout is that it's, they're getting better and better at sort of identifying these guys early and earlier. And so I think a lot of teams are sort of relying on that, that high school, you know, senior year analysis to help them sort of make these picks. Now, yeah, the that's... problem I have is when you put the whole Carter thing into the situation, and I you know I brought this up earlier, it, it goes down to like a, a C, because then that whole philosophy doesn't make any sense to me, right? If, <laughs> right. If that if if you feel like you can sort of get the most out of these guys, and when they come into your building, all these traits of of taking plays off, of not you know, not giving a hundred on every on every snap. Um, you feel like you yeah. can go and fix those, then just take Jalen Carter. Right. Those are all the problems that people are talking about with him. So, the whole philosophy of we're going to get the most out of these guys sounds all great, except you're telling me that that you can't do that with arguably the most talented player in the draft.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree there. And I would also knock it down to maybe even a C minus. I was thinking C, but I'll just say C minus. So, we're not exactly aligned. Um, it, it's just it's so hard when it's like oh my god this is this is exactly what I wanted to have happen and then for them not to do the thing that you want because it's and it's so frustrating because you have no control and this has been my experience my whole life and again I, I, I kind of mentioned it at the top I don't know why I like the draft so much because I always come away pissed off there's been literally I don't I won't even count the fields thing because that was a trade up so it wasn't like the I was thinking they were going to get him. Do you know what I mean? It was like so out of nowhere, kind of that. That it was also the same job. It was like desperation that led to the move. Yeah, um, but the only literally of the, the
1: dysfunction of the franchise did did that end up happening.
0: Yeah, literally the only time in my life did I. I don't think I mentioned this last time. The only time in my life that I've been watching a draft and like, oh my god, I hope they get. I hope they get. Uh, I hope they get him, was the Greg Olson pick in 2007. Like, literally the only time. And then they turned around and traded him, like, two years later because Mike Marks didn't like tight ends.
1: Yeah. Uh, I and we're, we're lockstep with the fact that we had this perfect scenario in mind, and it's happening, and it's playing out, and you're worried that this one team is going to jump up in front of you, and it's this team that's constantly – Look at the Eagles. They're constantly just making all these smart decisions, right? And yeah. so that's the team you're worried about, as yeah. they're going to jump in front of you, and then you just trade with them. It's it's like, and maybe we are a little bit biased just because it, it's so hard to come off of that initial position, that initial anger that is tainting um, the, the the sort of the rest of our view. But I, I was shocked to go online afterwards and see how how many people were okay with the pick. And to me, it seems like we're 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 getting into a place with with poles where you can't really talk about the guy like in any sort of negative way. Like I feel like it's sort of reminiscent of where we were with with AK a couple of years ago, where it's like, oh, this guy's great, he's making all these great moves, and now here we are, a couple you know, a couple years down the line, the Vooch trade's a disaster, the team's in purgatory, and it's the same place they were with Paxson. I feel like you know, I'm having deja vu with poles.
0: Yeah, I I did notice that too. It's like, what has this guy done to like earn like? Oh, he let let poles cook and like all these things that I'm seeing online. And it's like, you know, the, I, did you see the story that was about that they originally were going to trade the number two pick to the Panthers for this package? Yeah. And again, it's so like that was a, that was another thing where I'm like, so who knows if this is true? But the story was that they were going to trade down. Get a bunch of picks to trade down to two, with the Texans, and then get the same package was what it sounded like from the Panthers for the number two pick. So that's what I couldn't figure out. Was it the same pack? Was more going to be in that deal? It sounded like, like it. I'm like, why? Why wouldn't you extract more once you don't M O R E once you once you when you're giving them a better pick? So I was like, wait a minute. After, but again, also
1: after you see what what Houston was willing to give in a trade up. And obviously it's it's 12 to 3 it's totally different but they seemed very very willing to part with assets and have a general manager it seems like he's sort of on the hook and, and is trying to do whatever he can to save his job for 2023 and yeah so how you seemed... weren't able to to take advantage of that doesn't make sense to me
0: no they and again it seems like impatience like it was still 40 days from the draft or whatever why not keep on working houston until you get that second pick, and I think it was maybe because free agency was looming. But who cares, right? Like th-
1: and the, the one thing that year after year, and in, in, to your impatience point, the the year after year, what do owners all like talk about? Oh, well, maybe Houston, they're just gonna they're gonna go with defense, gonna, and they did they end up doing both, but it's it's so hard to talk the owner out of going into the season without a franchise and so yeah. if you are sort of willing to stay patient you let that come to you know let the let things develop teams do time and time again get desperate and and are willing to even I know this sounds you know potentially insane but they're willing to even trade up from three to two out of the fear that they won't get their guy
0: right oh yeah ah, well- when you have a canvas talent and then the other, the other two quarterbacks that you could end up stuck with uh, are complete disasters. Uh, you got to go and make that trade from three to two. Uh, so yeah, that, that, was another thing that I'm like, why didn't he just do this? Cause you know, you made fun of me for my cascading down the board and this would have been a, you know, only from one to two to nine instead of one to two to four to seven and nine. But uh it seems like if that is true, like, why did he feel like he needed to pull the trigger so so urgently on this? Like, wait Houston out.
1: Yeah, and it seems like we're in agreement on this. Like, why is it so – why is everything so positive around the guy when he hasn't done anything? And I think it, it speaks to the dysfunction of the organization in just anything that – we equate change to positivity, Right. Mm-hmm. It's it's it, because he's not poles that all of a sudden we gotta you know he's 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 this this great GM because it's not you know Foreman and, and Paxton for the Bulls we have to you know say that AK is this great GM yeah I don't think it's it should be the case
0: no uh, you said poles because it's like almost impossible to keep straight whose name is what uh, but you meant pay he's not pace yes yeah well, and, especially look, when they and,
1: seem to be making the same sort of moves
0: yeah and. You know, but I will say, you know, he did trade up, but he also traded back. Like I did think he, he generally managed <laughs> the draft better than, uh, than polls. God damn it. Then paste Um <laughs> That he did things that give me hope, but I think you're right. Like th- this, there's some like deification going on Uh in the and i'm not uh, necessarily
1: saying he's bad right I right i just you know. want to it's just a wait and see
0: yes he's i totally agree and i think that like oh the masterful trade down again i think they could like as this story just came out they could have gotten more for that pick like if they had been patient and then done two trade downs instead of one which he talked about having wanted to do uh so that kind of and maybe they thought well um, you know, if we don't do this thing with Houston, then maybe maybe Houston gives them they give that package to Houston and then we're stuck at number one i I don't know uh I don't know I, what I do
1: it, and I, listen, I do think they potentially did end up getting a tough break in terms of patience if if we're gonna sort of play the other side here the leading up to the draft, it seemed like these tackles were gonna go from the 10 from 10 to 20 from from maybe even eight to to, to the mid-20s right there was it seemed to be that was sort of the range for these yeah. tackles and it is possible that they potentially did end up getting screwed by the fact that there was just a run on these tackles when when that sort of didn't seem to to be how it was going to play out right if carter's sitting there on the board at at nine the team like pittsburgh you know that that was sort of the They've been floated that Pittsburgh was interested in, in in Carter had he been there at nine. Whether or not that was true, who knows? The, the they they were no longer able to move back to seventeen with the way things ended up changing yeah. back. Yeah. In in that case, patience did sort of got of screw.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, it seems like he it does seem like he's an improvement on pace. I I will say that, but it's far from. Uh, settled science. This guy's actually good. Uh, and you're right. He should be catching more heat for things like the Claypool deal um, than he has, but you're right. It's there's there, We're so desperate as a fan base to, to be good and to have someone who knows what they're doing that we just assume somebody new knows what they're doing. Yes. And
1: for the, any of our, and I, I don't think we're going to have too many, but any of our non Chicago Listeners, it's it's desperation in the city. Do you know? Here's a little trivia. Do you know the last time any of the Chicago sports teams made it past the first round of playoffs? So one won, won a, a playoff series. Uh
0: did the Cubs make it back to the NLCS the year after? Yep.
1: 2017. Yeah. Cubs with they, they beat the Nationals in that first round series. It's been that long since any you got the Cubs, got the Sox, got the Bears, got the White Sox, you got the Bulls got the blackhawks any of those teams not a single one has made. so it just it, it speaks to how desperate we are for any sort of change and any sort of guy who can come in and, and be different than Alaska.
0: yeah yeah and again look i'm i i think that polls is better better than pace so that's something <laughs> are you is your jury out whether or not he's better than pace
1: um, no, because I I think that's such an incredibly low bar. And it is a low the bar. The stupidity involved in in what he did with Trubisky, I think, is almost impossible to trump. Um, and I listen, I, we you I I like the I, how how he even not getting going back from two to nine. I like the fact that he was able to get DJ Moore. I, I even at the time I defended the Claypool trade it turned out to be a disaster. I I really have liked some of the moves that he's made. In, in sort of the way that he's he's approached um what he's had to do but i i think he's not you know beyond criticism that's that's the only point yeah. i was making i was just i thought there was gonna be a lot more people aligned with, with sort of what we were thinking and it seemed like we were definitely in the minority.
0: We're definitely yeah definitely in the minority. Uh I had, you know, all kinds of people when I was bitching about it uh online i did have people coming back at me uh you know they oh carter's a head case you know this guy and and again like kind of like you said it's like talking about right like he's sort of some sort of sure thing um that that, where carter's this huge roll of the dice like uh that's not i don't I don't know that his floor is any higher than Carter's floor, and his ceiling is certainly much lower,
1: yeah no uh and i also i like i want to be on the side of the think about when you're a twenty one year old kid and sort of your your lack of maturity, right like yeah, he obviously has some maturity to do, but so did anyone at at twenty one It's very rare now, obviously we're not getting paid millions at at twenty two years old and have to sort of figure things out that quickly, but I like to be on the side of of defending the <laughs> the 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 twenty one year old kid yeah. um, who has the unbelievable upside, and I was absolutely shocked that 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 wasn't more common.
0: Yeah, and it would have been interesting to see though what the online response would have been had they taken Jalen Carter, because I what well, suspect... seems like it would have been positive, right? If no one is, is willing to criticize polls, then is they, what like oh, I mean, what is what I, yeah, reminder. I suspect it would have been. Oh my god, this is amazing. We got this number one guy at number nine polls, like they, it would have been the same ass kissing.
1: Yeah, I, I think hundred percent agree. Which if if you're if you're willing to defend him for all you know, all the moves he's made so far, there's no reason to think that they wouldn't have defended him for, for the the Carter pick, which was true, and which is why they should have taken Carter, right? No <laughs> one was gonna blame you if if that was your move and you wanted to gamble on the guy, but we're sort of backtracking to where we were. Uh, at the beginning of the pop.
0: Yeah, hey, it's a perfect way to close. All right, there's one more thing I wanted to mention. There was one more player. I really wanted them in the seventh round. I fell in love with uh, Moro Ojomo. A oh, yeah, before,
1: all right, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's do, the. is that the Texas guy, right?
0: That's the guy from Texas. And then I didn't even know who took him, but do you know who took him? No. The Eagles.
1: <laughs> yeah, just making, you know, all, all the smart moves in that draft. Here's the guy I wanted and this is not in the seventh round, but this was in the second round, and he went one pick after they took Dexter. I'm going to definitely butcher his name was Tuli, Piloto. Um Played for USC last year, 22 tackles for loss, 13 and a half sacks, Pac-12 defensive player of the year, um, high-motor guy. Who the, the knock on him was he's a tweener. That's the guy I sort of had my eye on, and I think he's going to be a
0: stud for the Chargers. There you go. All right. Thank you, everybody. Uh, Join us next week where we'll talk about some other stuff, uh, maybe free agency. We'll see where uh, we are. But thank you, everyone, for listening to the D-Stark and Cope Chicago Sports Show. Air down.